0: This week on Art in the Air, we feature the husband-wife acoustic duo known as Steve and Mary E., Steve and Mary Elizabeth Champagne, sharing some of their original music. Next, award-winning local watercolor artist Pat Herman discussing her current exhibits inspired by sycamore trees. Our spotlight is on Laporte County Symphony's annual Drayton's Children's Concert in October and November's Americana Concert.
1: Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Mary, art on the air today. Stay in the know with Mary and Esther, art on the air our way. Express yourself to art and show the world your heart. Express yourself to art and show the world
0: Welcome. You're listening to Art on the Air on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM and WVLP 103.1 FM. Our weekly program covering the arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. I'm Larry Breckner of New Perspectives Photography, right alongside here with Esther Golden of The Nest in Michigan City.
2: Aloha, everyone.
0: We're your hosts for Art on the Air. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant through South Shore Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Art on the Air is heard Friday at 11 a.m. and Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP, 103.1 FM, streaming at wvlp.org. And every Sunday at 7 p.m. on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM, also streaming live at lakeshorepublicradio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Information about Art on the Air is available on our website, breck.com AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our shows are available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for more information about upcoming shows and interviews. We'd like to welcome to Art on the Air Spotlight, once again, Tim King, the Executive Director for the Porte County Symphony Orchestra, and like always, he's going to bring us up to date on what's coming up in the next couple of months here and everything. Tim, welcome back to Art on the Air Spotlight.
3: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank
2: you. Always so nice to see you.
0: (laughs) And you just finished the Hoosier Star a couple of weeks ago. So uh, now you're ready to move on to the other things you had. And uh, like you said, I think it was very, very successful, the Hoosier Star. It
3: was. We were very, very happy. Um, That sort of begins our season, as you know. And we're in our 50th anniversary season. I would encourage people to go to our website at www.lcso.net to just see everything that's going on this season, which has been enhanced with more performance. More ensembles. there's just a a lot going on uh, for the orchestra. So coming up uh, in October, we're going to be having the 34th annual Drayton Family Children's Concerts, which have always been uh, very well attended. Um, And they're going to be on Wednesday, October the 12th. We do three concerts in one day. We do one at 9.30, one at 11.10, and one at 12.45 p.m. They're approximately 45 minutes in length, and uh, that's to allow buses, cars, things like that to uh, get in and out uh, before the concerts. These concerts will be held at the Civic Auditorium. They're basically geared for um, grades three through five, possibly three through six, uh, and it's really meant... To give a wonderful introduction to those kids who might enter band or orchestra when they go into the fourth or fifth grade, um, and we've had lots of music teachers that have said, you know, th- this student just signed up, and and she said, well, I'm, I saw this woman play the oboe, and I really want to learn how to play that. And so, I, that, you know, that's really nice when you hear things like that, and you get supported by the teachers in the school system. So we have schools from Laporte County, from Porter County, and this year from Lake County wow. um, that are that are going to be attended. I think we're up to six thousand students right now that are going to be um, attending these concerts. And what well, makes it really awesome. nice is that these concerts are only a dollar a piece. They were a dollar thirty-four years ago, and we still have kept them a dollar because we figure, you know, they're, they're taking their time, they're getting the bus, they're getting out of school, they want to make it worth their while, so we don't want to put a financial burden on top of the schools on top of that. We have a wonderful education guide that's already on our website, um, again, at lcso.net. They can download that guide, and any teacher anywhere in elementary can use it. Um, it's a uh, Created by one of our own teachers in, in the Kessling Intermediate School. Her name is Megan Sullivan, who brings her children, who brings her students to the concerts. And this is her third year with, with that guide, and she's just done a beautiful job. One thing that's going to be really um, wonderful on this concert is they're going to be a world premiere. Um, uh, Joe Fran Bendix and her husband, Gary. Joe Fran is our only uh, charter member of the orchestra. She's celebrating her 50th year with the orchestra. She and Gary underwrote a um, uh, fanfare it's called Celebration Fanfare. And it's written by Rick DeYoung. And Rick actually conducted the children's concerts during the years of our music director search. And he was very, very well received. Not only is he a great conductor, but he's a great composer and great arranger. So we're going to present that two minute fanfare, the beginning of every concert uh, that day and many of the concerts uh, in the season. So if you haven't uh, signed up yet, please do. Uh, We'd love for you to bring your children to that concert. Um, Then in November is really sort of our official opening, and that would be Saturday, November the 5th, again at the Civic Auditorium. Uh, It's called Americana, and uh, Dr. Carolyn Watson, our music director, has chosen pieces by all American composers, and that would basically be Copland, uh, Gershwin, and um, Bernstein. Uh, and she's doing the fanfare for the common man to open, whichever you know, if people if you they don't even know, think they know the piece, they know the piece. They don't know the name of it, they know the piece. But then she's coupling that with a piece by Joan Tower, who is a living composer called The Fanfare for the Uncommon Woman. So that's going to be a really nice, uh, I'm going to love that. I was fortunate enough to work with Joan Tower when I was with the Louisville Orchestra, and she's uh, just a lovely, lovely human being. And these fanfares have really gotten a lot of play, as you can imagine, um, in in her career. So then we're going to be doing uh, Glinka's Ruslan Ludmilla, which is going to show off our string section. Uh, Again, the fanfare from Common Man shows off our brass section. And then we're going to do uh, Hoedown from Copeland's uh-huh. Rodeo, which will be a big f- favorite, I'm sure, with, with, with the uh, with the kids um, that on the concert. And and then uh, after intermission, we're going to be doing selections for Porgy and Bess of George Gershwin. And uh, uh, after that, we conclude with selections from West Side Story by Leonard Bernstein. We have three... Wonderful young singers that Carolyn has worked with uh, just in the last year or so soprano Amanda Sheriff, tenor Alexander Sherman, and bass baritone Nicholas Davis, who are going to be joining the orchestra on that concert. We're still selling single tickets, I mean, season tickets. We'd love for people to subscribe. It's four concerts, it's the best deal in town. Students um, get in free as long as they have a student pass of some sort. Uh, identification. We're the only orchestra that I know of in the area in the region that offers a free concert to students. Most orchestras charge five or ten dollars and we don't charge anything. Um, We'll also have an instrument petting zoo uh, at this concert which will encourage the young ones to come in and again try out an instrument Um, and we're going to have folks from our orchestra who are going to be helping with that. So lots of stuff going on as you can imagine. Um, so we're really excited about it, and I just I just need to keep on top of it.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you will. I just
3: need to stay out in front of it as much as I can.
0: <laughs> well, and uh, I noticed that you're doing the doing, she's doing the uh, uh, Copeland pieces, uh, Fanfare and Hoedown on the children's concert also. So that's right. That's that's
3: right because she thought they would be really good pieces for the for the for students, and then why not just take those and put those over on the other concert, and that will actually help with our rehearsal procedure as well. People can get their tickets at lcso.net. Single tickets are twenty two for adults, twenty for seniors, and students get in free.
0: That sounds great. Well, once again, that's Tim King, the executive director of the Laporte County Symphony. And they have a full season coming up. We're gonna go come back with him sometime soon to talk about what's coming up after these two concerts, the Drayton Family Concert and the Americana concert. Thank you so much, Tim, for coming on Art in the Year Spotlight.
2: Yeah. Always exciting, to Tim. Thank you. Thank
3: you both. I appreciate the invitation.
0: You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM.
2: We would like to welcome Mary and Steve Champagne to Art on the Air. They are musicians who began writing and performing together in 2007. They perform as Steve and Mary E. They moved to Michigan City, Indiana in 2008 and launched their musical endeavor by performing at the local farmers market. Then they started landing gigs. Steve and Mary E. are award winning musicians, best duo, and Mary received the top performer award from the Kankakee Area Music Awards. Thank you. Thank you both for joining Larry and I on Art on the Air. Aloha and welcome. Hey, it's good to see you.
0: Well, And we'd like to welcome you. And we also like to just find out a little bit about our guests. And so we'll start off with, uh, I always like to know your biography, your life story. So we'll start maybe with you, Mary. How you got from where you were to where you are now?
4: So where I was, well, I was in Kankakee, Illinois, for the bigger part of my life. And uh, began singing when I was 13. Got my first paid gig at the age of 16 and thought, well, this is really kind of fun. Um, And so as a result... um, I really pursued the vocal end of, of music, um, performing in Kankakee, um, Kankakee, Illinois. I was a, the guest vocalist with the Kankakee municipal band for over 15 years. And, uh, I used to say, I sang for my supper. And so, (laughs) um, between singing for funerals and weddings and civic events, social events, that type of thing. Um, I just kept, you know, with the, the vocalization and the craft and, um, Speed ahead to my middle 30s, and I decided, well, I think I want to be, a. am going to go into a teaching. And so I actually studied um, vocal music. I'm licensed as a music teacher, but I studied um, vocal music at Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbon, Illinois. And um, speed ahead, I met Steve in 2007, and we immediately hit it off. Musically started making great music together in, in many ways. And, and that now I'm in 2008, let's see, 2007, we were in Indianapolis. And so I was doing some, um, vocalization down there as well for a couple of, um, nonprofits. And in 2000, 2008, we moved to Michigan city and the rest is what we're here to talk about now. And so,
2: <laughs> so you know, Mary, of- were you in choir in high school?
4: I was. I was. I was in choir and um, performing performance choir. Um, singing my, household? Was your household a singing one? or? Yes. Very much so. My mother had an incredible singing voice. And she did barbershop harmony along with, um, you know, standards, that type of thing. And to live in our household, if you were not involved in music to some regard, then there was probably something wrong with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> It was kind of a given. You better be involved in the creative arts to some degree, and in particular music. And so I was raised surrounded by that. I have uh, two brothers that are very, very involved in music still to this day, and um, performing out and about, and recording, and doing a great job. And so, yeah, so that's where where we're at.
2: And how about you, Steve? So...
5: Uh, I grew up in a northwest suburb of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, called Menominee Falls, uh, graduated bachelors from the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Uh, that's where I, at a little job fair, met what would become my first manager at IBM in upstate New York. So I wound up moving out that direction, mostly in Poughkeepsie, but other you know, things along the Hudson. I uh, would visit New York a lot. Uh, went into software development that really made it possible to live far more remotely so I actually moved back to Wisconsin at some point, uh, lived with my brother for a little while and it was somewhere while living with him that I was a kind of a MySpace participant and i had widened the zone of search so to speak and so (laughs) through a chain of events of having done that I met Mary uh, and Mary and I, joining. and right. She contacted me and we just started talking and, uh, eventually, uh, we had a great time together in what's called cold spring, New York, right along the Hudson, which is why one of our songs is called cold spring. Well, since That's you threw nice. that
0: up, let's talk about that. And let's take a quick listen to it. Tell <laughs> us a little bit about the background of cold spring and we'll listen to it.
4: Well, we were staying in cold spring and we actually first met up in cold spring, New York, and we went back there, um, a few years no about six months later right and uh to just kind of hang out there a little bit and uh we had an opportunity to do an open mic and they said but you got to do all um original music and i had already written a poem called cold spring which retold the whole story and steve came up with a little melody right after we met and um it was all based on Mary in, the, Mary in the sunshine, Mary in the moonlight, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I went, you know what? This, this goes together. And so I started singing the poem to his melody and Cold Spring. Wow. <laughs> That's what a beautiful, beautiful story. story. Well, let's take a listen um, to
0: it. Here's Cold Spring with Steve and Mary E.
6: Cold Spring.
0: Eve and Mary E, their original Cold Spring, kind of made on the fly. There, it was very interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, actually, like that—that that first uh, that first bloom of your relationship.
4: Yeah, I was writing poetry. I was really involved in writing poetry at the time, and so it just kind of all came together.
1: Right.
0: And then you've got some other music, and uh, we wanted to do that. And this, uh, you can tell us a little bit about Strides. Uh, that was from the husband's album, and it's, so tell us a little bit about the background on that.
4: And again, um, we were we had gotten involved in an in event to raise money and awareness for the Stride event. Um, so anyway, we we decided, well, let's let's do something really special to commemorate yeah. that. And so I set out, being the lyricist, wrote this poem about what it would feel like. My sister actually had been diagnosed. Um, with advanced cancer at the time. And I am, began to think about what it feels like as a woman to realize when you first feel that that lump in your breast, mm. what does it feel like? And so the poem, Strides, takes a woman through that journey of discovery and and then holding on to hope and so i i create i wrote the lyrics and i went to steve and i said i see this you know because we were going down to lake michigan all the time and i said i see this almost as this breeze across the lake and let's i want the music to sound this way and steve being the incredible musician that he is just started playing it and in a moment Met and it came
6: together.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a listen to strides here. Uh, that's Steve and Mary E.
6: She's still. Thank
0: On stride, what a yeah, beautiful for me, story! That
2: felt like it's saying you're just not alone. Yes, so. yeah. right, right.
0: So, is that your process? That uh, you're the lyricist primarily, and Steve, you're the musician. Is that kind of the general process, or
4: I think so, for the most part. For the yeah. most part, the way we've yeah. the way we've created together, that seems to be the way it is. Yeah. Right.
5: I uh, I was lucky enough as a kid in the '60s to have acquired a, a little reel-to-reel tape recorder, so i have been kind of <laughs> Fascinated with that, and my parents fortunately uh, gave me piano lessons, and I wound up in band second chair trumpet. Ah. And uh, so, but then I, you know, I I would acquire things like 16 track digital decks to to do more elaborate things. Uh, and so I, you know, I'm halfway decent at it, I wouldn't say you know, professional grade, but enough to get the idea down. Uh, so it was really nice to find someone like Mary that could supply such amazing uh verbiage for some of this stuff and and who likes working with me so much it it just works out great
4: so we have a good time
5: yeah
0: that's
4: good we're hoping hoping to be able to do a lot more writing now that we're kind of in a uh, semi-retired state in our lives too so you know re remastering some things um, Did you hear the double quotes around
5: the word "semi"? Semi, yeah.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> the state of
2: the times, I think. Oh, I know, right? It's it's what it is, but we're enjoying it.
4: I was just going to say. So, can you give us a little background on missing you? So, missing you. Wow, that this is a this is a really good story. I think. <laughs> um, like I said, back in two thousand seven. 2008. I was doing a lot more writing. I was doing a lot of writing, actually. And um, Steve and I hooked up. And like all things go, you know, you do hit all of a sudden a point where you're like, "Wow, is this is this permanent? Is this life? Is this the person I want to be with now for the duration?" <laughs> right? And. Um, <laughs> yeah and steve had a little more doubt than i did i think at that point and so he was kind of grappling with do we where do we go from here and so missing you is actually was a the lyrics were written the, it was a poem first it was me imagining the struggle that steve was having in in our in giving, letting go, and just pursuing this path of music and love and life and family together. And so that's the story behind Missing You.
0: Well, here's Missing You with Steve and Mary E.
6: They float and fall, the autumn leaves are swirling all around, my head down to See I've stopped missing you. I've missing you. I've stopped missing
0: you. Ooh, I've stopped missing, missing Hey, Kay, and we're back. Uh, that was Missing You with Steve and Mary E. Hey, we just have a quick moment here. Tell us how people can find you, like on the internet and everything, and sometime like this uh, October 2022 uh, and beyond, where you might be playing.
4: Well, we've kind of taken a little bit of a, a sabbatical hiatus, I guess you'd say, from getting any any new bookings. We had our last booking um, that was on the calendar for this summer season this past weekend, and we were actually up on that on the uh, Harbor Adventure cruise ship
5: (laughs) that was really fun two-deck boat that goes out on lake michigan out of michigan city and uh yeah we we had it was actually a fundraiser for a mayoral candidate and it was just super fun it was fun
4: so we're taking a little bit of a hiatus to do some recording updating maybe do some songwriting Um, we want to cover a couple of songs with some great musicians that we encountered um a few years ago and um So we're going to be working on that a little bit, but they can find us by going to Facebook. Um, We go by Steve and Mary E on Facebook. And we're also on Reverb Nation, um, also Steve and Mary E. So they can find us there. And if anybody wants us to come and play, hey, We'll come.
0: And there's your contact. Well, we appreciate that. Steve and Mary E., Steve and Mary Elizabeth Champagne. And you can find them uh, on Facebook and on Reverb Nation. And we're going to play out with Bella Luna uh, from them. Thank you so much for coming on, on the air.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
6: Of the autumn ice. bella, bella, bella Luna. October moon in nearest bright, bella, bella, bella Luna. A de Luna moonshine, belle enfant de lune. I'm a beautiful moon child, moonshine luz de luna Bambino Bella della luna dancing with the stars Can't wait to see you squeeze hand you captivate my heart I'm a bella, bella, bella luna bella, bella, bella luna Moonshine, starshine, sunshine, my heart shines Oh, bella, bella, bella luna bella, bella, bella
0: luna You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP, 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM.
2: We would like to welcome Pat Herman to Art on the Air. Pat is an award-winning local artist, primarily in watercolors, whose work has been juried into area shows at the Midwest Museum of American Art, the Box Factory, Southern Shore Artist Association Gallery, and numerous other venues. She is both a studio painter as well as a plein air painter who also has a long history and passion for sycamore trees. Thank you, Pat, for joining Larry and I on Art on the Air. Aloha and welcome.
7: Aloha. Thank you. And I'm pleased to be invited.
0: Well, Pat, we always like to have our artists tell a little bit about their background, their biography and everything. And I always like to say how you got from where you were to where you are now. So tell us about yourself.
7: Okay. um, (laughs) I was born in Detroit, but grew up in Dearborn, Michigan, which is the home of Ford Motor Company, which is where my family was ensconced. Um, and, and I worked there, and that's where I met my husband. Um, but before all of that, I um, I went to a, a Rulo Elementary School in Dearborn and had a sixth grade teacher who loved art. And it, whatever we did, we had an opportunity to put art into it. And I think that's really you think that's really where it all started. I always liked to draw, always was doodling and picking up pens or pencils or whatever. But she, she was really a profound influence on me. I can, I can still remember a poster I made for a paper drive. That's how powerful it was.
6: Wow.
7: And um, when I you know went through junior high, not middle school at that time, And into high school, I was a college prep student, so I couldn't take art. There was no room in the schedule because being um, a young woman, I knew I had to take shorthand, not art, because I wasn't going to be able to get the kind of job I wanted in those days. But um, I did take one clay class and absolutely fell in love with clay, but it was the only thing I could squeeze into my schedule. And um, I went to the University of Detroit and graduated with a degree in communications and then went to work for Ford in public relations where I met my husband and um, got married and settled down in the Detroit area and had three children and moved around a bit. We, I think in our marriage, my husband passed away last year in October. It'll be a year on the 23rd. And during our marriage of nearly 59 years, I think we owned thirteen different houses. Oh my. So we shifted around and, and um, but it, it was great. We traveled a lot when the kids got older and did a lot of fun things. And I started taking classes when my husband started traveling a great deal. We were living in Cleveland and I had a one and a half year old and a two and a half year old. <laughs> and I you know, I was crazed in the house all the time because he was often away. And I, t- I took a watercolor class for the first time. And um that that really kicked it into gear. So
2: um I want to say condolences on your oh, husband's thank you. passing. I'm sorry to hear that. And thank you. Um the other thing I want to ask is during all this time as you're going, like, and I'm gonna back it up to even, you know, maybe high school, college. Sure. Did you and and your work life, did you Fit in any sort of like? Were you still drawing and sketching and doing work, or was that something that just got put aside and then reignited? Yeah,
7: it it did get put aside, um, because when you you know you pull out these cute little tubes with fancy little tops on them, and they all have different colors on them. If you're three years old or four years old or five years old. You want to take the tops off. So during, <laughs> during that time when I was buying Winsor Newton paint, yeah, and squeeze. And, and squeeze, it was like, no, no, you can't squeeze that tube. So um, I did set it aside for a time. And then there was a, there was a, an opportunity. I, I lived in a, we lived in a town called Lathrop Village, which is a suburb of Detroit. And it was also not far from Birmingham, Michigan. And Birmingham had a community center. Our town was really, really little. Everybody knew everybody. But Birmingham was bigger. And um, I I got a part-time deal there. I, I wrote a column for about four years, um, which I pretty much wrote on Sunday night because they had to deliver it on Monday morning um, with three kids in the car. But I discovered the community center at the same time and they were offering classes. And it was there that I took a watercolor class, which sort of reignited things. And I would try painting like when the kids went to bed, but, you know, it's really, it's really hard to do that.
2: Yeah. You're tired.
7: Yeah. you have zero energy at the end of the day, you know, it's like, okay, paint, are you kidding? And then you have to put it away when you're dying. So, um, so it was off and on, but um, I had a instructor there. Her name was Tori Cox and Tori was another boot in the pants, so to speak, because I was painting and she kept saying, you have to frame these. You have to mat and you have to frame. And I kept saying, no, I don't mat and frame. These are not frameable. These are not, you know, I'm not going to spend money on mats for this stuff. And she said, I want you to come to my house and I want you to bring the paintings that you've done and collected. I know you have a little pile and we're going to cut mats and we're going to frame some things. And I did that. And it was the wow factor, you know, from painting. You put a mat on something that you've painted and it really pops. It's really, really helpful. And I was always afraid to do that. I just didn't want to do it. But after that, I entered a show and I sold two paintings at the show. And it was like, okay, now I have to make really seriously make room in my life. So I tried to.
0: That's, that's a beautiful story. You know, I was reading your artist statement, and of course, we'll talk about your current exhibit, but and the inspiration for it. But tell us about that as a young girl looking up at trees and specific kind oh. of tree that is uh, your story. I mean, that's that's because that really informs your current exhibit and art.
7: It does. And when I when I started painting the sycamore trees, the show was called Odes to the Sycamore. And it was really by accident that I actually started. I had wanted to do this for a long, long time, as long as I can remember, because I've been in love with the trees. My grandmother had a two flat in Dearborn, and my parents and my brother and I lived upstairs, and we had a porch upstairs. And in her tree lawn, she had two, what seemed to me at the time, I mean, I'm sure they were big, but they seemed gargantuan to me as a, a little kid. And I used to love to sit on the front porch and look out at those trees because I could see the tops of the trees, and they fascinated me. You know, they have leaves that are can be like eight inches long; they're they're huge. Um, and when I was out of the house and downstairs, I loved lying on my back under the trees and looking up at all these amazing limbs that were coming out of these trees and the, the peeling bark, and they they were just beautiful to me. And I never realized until I started this project, which became a series. I had never done a series before. And I decided this needed to be a series because I really felt like I had a lot of things to say. there's so many moods of trees. I know there are. And you know, and somebody asked me at the opening uh, two weeks ago about, well, how do you know or what prompts you to paint that particular tree or the bark on that tree or whatever? And I said, no, I haven't thought about that, but I think I think if I have to say something about that, there's something inside of me that says, that first draws me to the image that I have taken. I have tons of photos of sycamores. And then inside, I'm looking for, why am I drawn to this tree? What do I need to tell somebody about this tree? And that's why the paintings are very different because I see different things in different trees and try to put on paper something that will not be a photograph of a tree, but something that shows what that tree conjures up in me.
2: Right. That evocative so, moment. And exactly. just the change in light or the palette you use will completely change the mood.
7: Totally. And I I just got so involved in doing that. So I know, ne- I just, as I said, I never realized how important they were in my life. Although all my life, whenever I see a sycamore tree, I like zone in on the tree. And if I can get to it, I will photograph it in some some way shape or form and um, they're just intriguing to me and they're in Shanghai they call them super trees and three out of four trees in Shanghai are sycamores and one of the I think most intriguing things about them is as you know the bark peels and underneath is a is a new white bark and that process actually removes pollutants from the tree so the tree is continually cleaning its body to save its life. And they can live 250 years. There are known trees that are 500, 600 years old, which I think is just mind-boggling.
2: Yeah, mean, what, a, what a lovely memory to have in relation to your grandmother as well. Just- oh, it
7: is. And you know what's really funny is so when I was doing all this and I was putting together notes, I have I have notes in my show, I thought I have to be able to explain to people why sycamore trees are so powerful to me and why they should know these things about sycamore trees because they're just simply amazing but um i so one evening i was sitting and i was reviewing my notes and and what i wanted to say and i thought gosh you know i haven't been to my grandmother's the area the part of town where i grew up those 13 years that i lived there i should google a house and see you know what's what's it is look like now is the house still there yeah and more importantly, are the trees still there? <laughs> and they are. And it made oh. me so happy to see that my trees are still there. So um, uh, they're going to be a field trip in your future. You know, I'm, I, I'm actually going over in October to visit a friend um, outside Detroit. And I think I might have to cut through Dearborn and go check out my trees.
2: That takes some new photos.
7: Yes, and takes some new photos. And interestingly, so we were in a two-flat, which was a, a big two-flat. So it was very tall. But the trees now are at least a story and a half taller than, than the two-flat. Wow. So they have really continued to prosper. Any more facts on sycamores you want to share? Um, let's see. I get, I can't think of anything right at the moment. Well, I can tell you that, for instance, the the canopies on a sycamore tree can be seventy to ninety feet across. I mean, they are oh. really big trees, and they grow quite quickly. Um, and it, so, you can't if you're going to plant a sycamore, you don't want to plant it close to your house because the <laughs> roots don't go very deep, but they go out as far as the tree goes, and they're very you know strong. Uh, they're uh, They're—I forget what the term is in the in the biological sense—but they're they're trees that don't fall down in the wind if they're if they've been established. They're really they're really firm trees. Hmm. Yeah, very stable.
0: And I guess the seeds I I saw in your artist statement are kind of very unique.
7: They are. They have these little seed balls which hang on really really fine little stems. And I mean, we used to have seed ball wars under the trees. You (laughs) you just whip those around like snowballs, but. yeah, they're they're just intriguing trees and and the colors. There's one painting in the show that is it's called it's all about the bark, um, and the colors in it. My daughter-in-law said to me when she saw it, "Wow!" She said those colors are really amazing. I thought, did, "How did you come up with those colors?" I said, "They're all in the trees." And I sent her a photo that showed her. You know, they maybe were not the depth of color that I had, but the colors were all there. It was purples and greens, so, it's
0: amazing. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM.
2: So, Pat, you have you're very fortunate in that you have two wildly different landscapes that in areas that you live in that are are so different. And um, do you? So it must be really refreshing to change your palette and what you're seeing. So do you spend part of the time is it every year that you spend part of the time in the west?
7: Uh no, not any longer. My oh. my husband, you no, know, I we used to we went to Arizona and western environs for probably 25 years at first for a week or two weeks or a long weekend or whatever. And gradually it grew and we ended up buying property in Arizona and we had a home in Fountain Hills, which is outside of Phoenix. And, um, and we went there every year and I love to go because there are sycamore trees often in Arizona, which was a shock to me. First time I saw a sycamore tree out there, I'm like, wait a minute. These are <laughs> Michigan trees. These are not Arizona <laughs> trees, but they, they thrive out there. If there's if there's a creek running somewhere, you're likely to found, find a towering sycamore tree, which is pretty amazing when you you think of it, you know, the desert in the Midwest. And then and they're very prolific down the east coast and into the south. They're they're almost everywhere. They really are.
0: Where you live, do you have sycamores that you can just look out and draw inspiration from? Today? Yeah, well, yeah, where you live right now.
7: Yeah, well, I can go to Stone Lake. The whole beach is covered with sycamore trees. So if you haven't been there, you should go. And I'm going back because two of the paintings in the show are two different sides of the same tree. And I I took a picture of the the first painting, and I was like, wow, those are really interesting shapes. I like those lines. So I thought, I'm going to move over here and see what it is. And it was equally amazing. So I took another shot and I got so excited. I was like, oh, I can't wait to go home and paint these. And then when I painted them, I thought, darn it. I never looked at the other two sides. I need to go back. <laughs> so I will be back this fall at um, Stone Lake and find my tree so I can photograph it.
0: So, so how did the pandemic impact you? Did you find that to be a creative period for you? or uh...
7: No, it was crushing. It was crushing. My husband, as I, I guess I started to say, my husband developed some time ago, a long time ago, actually longer than we realized until we got well into it, Louis body dementia. So um, we quit going to Arizona in 2016. And, um, and then I, I had to have him stop driving several years after that. And, you know, our world got smaller and smaller. And then the pandemic hit. And it, it, it was really hard for us because nobody could come in. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't call somebody in to say, could you come spend an afternoon? Everybody was scared to death of contagion and rightly so. So it was, um, it was a difficult time. And it was during that time, a friend of mine, I know you guys know her, Julie Cass is a very good friend. And Julie called me one day and she said, you know, are you painting? And I said, no, I said, I put my stuff away. I can't, I, I can't paint. And she said, you need to be painting. And I said, I know I do. I've tried, but I can't. And she said, well, you know what? My class is doing, she has a studio behind her home and she has classes that she teaches there. And she said, my class is on Zoom now, so you don't have to come here. You can just log on and join us. And she said, you know, we don't care if you paint. We don't care if you talk. We don't care if you think just be there. And I said, I don't think I can do it. She said, OK, here's the time and here's the <laughs> login information. We'll see you Monday. And I did it. And I, and I told her in the conversation, I said, I don't even know what to paint anymore. I, I mean, life was not easy. And she said, oh, you'll think of something. And I said, all right, I'll think about it. And I did. And, the, and one of the things that came to mind was my sycamore trees. OK, oh. maybe mm-hmm. now. And I tried before and there was never a right time, but I did one on zoom and I got a, a really positive reaction from fellow painters. And I was like, hmm, okay, well maybe I'll do another one. And then I started pulling out the pictures that I had. And then I, had, I went over to the beacher and had them run colored pictures for me, big ones. And I made a stash and that kicked it off. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't stop. It, I was like driven and um, I went to Leo um, firm last January, my husband had died in October, and I said I knew I needed to have a goal. I couldn't go through winter having not knowing what I was going to do, and so I went into see Leo and I asked him if he had laid out plans for shows during the year, and he said, "Oh my God, no, you know we're all so busy with the pandemic and everybody's so scared." But he said, "Why do you ask?" And I said, "I want to do a show." And he said, okay, when do you want to do it? And I said, September, because I thought I only have like three paintings, two that aren't done and one that's finished. (laughs) And I need time. And he said, okay, you're on. You'll get September and October. I said, perfect. And it was just what I needed to get into. And then I got COVID again in July. I had it in January and I got it again in July. And it was frustrating. So my dining room table was filled with paint matter. and ideas to paint, and I could just sit in a chair, and I just kept falling asleep. But eventually I got through it, and I painted my brains out.
0: Very so good. That was fun. So uh, the show opened about two weeks ago. This is like the second uh, second Friday. And uh, it continues through uh, when? Uh, all the way November?
7: Yes, November 8th. Uh, goes through November 8th. And we're doing something, or I'm doing something, in, in that I'm advertising the second half of the show will be second Second Friday,
1: <laughs>
7: and we'll be open from four until seven. And anyone who missed it has a chance to come again. And uh, you know, would love to have a full house again. We had a very good turnout the first the first opening, but now we're going to. Yes, open
2: but again. they can go to Leo Firms at any point and oh yeah, they don't have to wait they're, for the, the exactly.
7: Talk. You know, I was there yesterday. A friend came out yesterday, and I met her there. And um, so they're open every day but Sunday. So basically nine to five, I think on weekdays and Saturday is like 10 to four, but yeah, they're there. So, and the sycamores are there. Yeah. Still painting outside. Uh, no, I haven't for a while. I, I painted twice with plein air this year. Um, I, I was driven by a different engine this year. I had work that had to be done and I was like, no, I don't, I, if I'm painting, I better be in here doing a sycamore tree, but I, I hope to get back again. So when the mm-hmm. show wraps up
2: do you teach classes? I mean, I'm I'm talking like pre pandemic, I guess, because that, yeah,
7: I, I taught two classes for Michigan city art league, but you know, it was, was sort of at the time when things were slipping at home and everything. And it, it just got hard to do that kind of thing. I had to cancel once and I didn't want to do that. So I, I didn't do it anymore, but I tell you an interesting thing that's happened is that I, as I say, I paint in Julie's studio um, and we have a show the studio does the studio group at um, the Depot Gallery in Beverly Shores in October. So if you want to see Pat Herman paintings, you can go to the Depot Gallery and see them. I've entered two, and then you can come down to firm and see the Sycamores. That's going to be both places. Oh, how exciting! And, uh, yeah, and then the studio will move into the firm gallery in November and December. So guess what? I'll be back.
2: <laughs> Lots of opportunities
7: Lots, yeah, it's fun What's your next series going to be? Are you going to do another series, do you think? Well, I will keep painting Sycamores, number one Because it's not over um, I, I will do that But yeah, I've been thinking about doing have a collection of photographs of people In their younger years, things they did when they were kids And I just the other day I thought of it, it would be interesting to do a series um, That's a moment in time Mm. and I, I, I'm going to start that. I don't know if I'll, if it will turn into that, but that's it's kind of churning in the back of my head. Lovely. That,
0: that's great. Yeah. Well, we're about ready to wrap up here, so tell us again uh, how, when your exhibit runs and where it is and everything okay. else real quick.
7: Um, Odes to the Sycamore is at Firm Gallery. They're open six days a week. You can check online for hours, and I'm there through November 8th. And then I'll also be at uh, the Depot Gallery in Beverly Shores, also with the painters from Julie's studio, um, the month of October. We should
2: mention that FIRM is F-I-R-M-E, and they're in Beverly Shores, Indiana. D2. Um, highway 12
7: yeah
0: you are a bit easier on highway 12 just a little bit west of uh, broadway yeah pat thank you so much for coming on out of and sharing your art journey and everything and we really appreciate you uh, doing that i saw your exhibit i came and saw it in person i know so you did okay.
2: i really appreciated that
0: <laughs> that's pat herman sycamore painter thank you so much <laughs>
7: thank, thank you both just, take good you. care
0: We'd like to thank our guests this week on Art on the Air, our weekly program covering the arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. Art on the Air is heard Friday at 11 a.m. and Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP 103.1 FM, streaming live at wvlp.org, and every Sunday at 7 p.m. on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, also streaming live at lakeshorepublicradio.org, and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard every Wednesday on Lakeshore Public Radio. Thanks to Tom Maloney, Vice President of Radio Operations for Lakeshore Public Radio, and Greg Kovach, WVLP's Station Manager. Our theme music is by Billy Foster with a vocal by Renee Foster. Art in the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant through South Shore Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. We would like to thank our current supporters and underwriters, which include regional art patron Mary LeVan and Walt Breitinger of Paragon Investments. So we may continue to bring you Art on the Air, we rely on you, our listeners and underwriters, for ongoing financial support. If you're looking to support Art on the Air, we have information on our website at breck.com AOTA, where you can find out how to become a supporter or underwriter of our program in whatever amount you are able. And like I say every week, don't give till it hurts.
1: Express yourself through art, and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art, and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Mary, Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Mary and Esther. And show the world your heart, express yourself, you And show the world your heart, express yourself.